hundreds of people visit our website every week, opt in because they read the book in the library or they downloaded it on Amazon or something like that. We've been super lucky. But I realized that for exponential reach, we should be licensing uh, Book Yourself Solid Certified Business Coaches, training them up in this IP, in this intellectual property, in this system, and allowing them to take it to the world. You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator implementation program. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B or professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. And it's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Well, hello, welcome to the B2B Growth Think Tank. Now, if you're even slightly uncomfortable with the idea of networking, marketing, selling, all that sort of stuff, then you're going to really love this episode. And especially if you also love the idea of being able to book yourself solid with clients, because you're going to love it even more if like many service professionals, you understand both the importance and the power of combining collaboration and relationships to get more clients. Plus, I know today's virtual hot seat is going to be, uh, hot seat is going to be full of serious value. Now, I say this with complete confidence because my guest today is the head of Book Yourself Solid Worldwide, where he and his team license the proprietary Book Yourself Solid business development and marketing system to coaches around the globe, which has been successfully used by thousands of service business owners who have used it to get more clients, enjoy more success and spend more time on their business and less time in it. Now, he's also the author of the colorfully titled book, Get a in grip, <laughs> creator of delightful emails and the school for selling and the host of the marketing for coaches podcast. And amazingly, amongst all of this, he still finds time to enjoy a good scotch and better conversation. So really hoping that today is going to be one of those better conversations as I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest onto the B2B growth think tank today, Matthew Kimberly. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Adam. And what a wonderful introduction. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, it's um, uh, when we first had a conversation, I did mention to you that I'd, uh, I'd, I'd seen you do give a talk at an event and it was about five years ago. And 
I remember I stayed back at the end. It was one of, uh, it was more like a workshop session that we went through and uh, it took sort of took us through the book yourself solid system. And, and I remember reading, uh, listening to that and then going and getting the book and listening to the audio book. And since we've connected, I've gone back and re-listened to the book. And it's amazing what you sort of forget from some of the, you know, the great books that you read or listen to in my case, you know, during the time. Back then I was still in my corporate days and that was when I was sort of planning my exit. And I can attribute the book yourself solid book and really sort of obviously seeing you give that speech and then going back to then look at the book as a kind of a seed to sort of set me on my path. So I wanted to make sure that that introduction was wonderful because I do think that there is an awful lot of gratitude I can show to you for doing that, even though you would never have known it. So first of all, thank you. Well, thank you for telling me. I think um, that's one of the joys and privileges of getting to do what I do. Book Yourself Solid has been around for, in, in some form, for 20 years. And the book has been around for coming up to 15 years now. So over a million copies around the world. And it's, it's testament, it's on its fourth edition and I don't know how many reprints, but, but it's testament to the simplicity of the system that so many people, whether they're just beginning, perhaps pivoting out of corporate, find it useful, um, or whether they've been in business for 20 years and they've maybe not even lost their way, maybe they're thriving, but they've forgotten the basics. One of the beautiful things about Book Yourself Solid is that it's been around since before social media. And actually, when Michael Port, my business partner, the creator of the program, developed it, the internet wasn't even a thing. So there's so much opportunity now for the business owner to pursue marketing um, tests, marketing experiments, marketing platforms, marketing um, time wasters. Yeah. In many cases, in many cases, that the temptation is to think the way that I'm going to get more clients is by jumping on this platform, is by doing this thing that other people, early adopters, are telling me to do. Perhaps it's Clubhouse, perhaps it's Instagram, perhaps it's TikTok, perhaps it's Google Plus, perhaps it's MySpace or Friendster. The beauty of Book Yourself Solid is it predates all of that. And the advice in there is, is evergreen and always true. And, and uh, to hear stories like yours, Adam, and, and like many, many others is, is one of the great privileges of my job. So thank you back at you. <laughs> well, what I love about it is the, I think, as you say, it's, it's the simplicity of it. But it's also the fact that it's something that I deeply believe is, is as important, if not more important, when it comes to thinking about how to go about marketing your business it's built on principles and as you say it was before the social media era and it's as relevant today as it ever will be because the platforms will come and go they'll chop and change and, and the tactics and all the rest of it but the principles at the heart of it will never change because it's really built on the foundations of what it takes to build successful relationships with your clients and that's what i loved about it and that's what i've reminded myself what i loved about it so for those that aren't sort of familiar with the Book Yourself Solid system, it's, a, it's probably a difficult one to summarize, but if you were to sort of give it a summary, how would you describe how the system works? We believe many things. You said it's based on principles. One of those principles is that marketing doesn't get you clients. What marketing does is creates awareness about who you are and what you have to offer the world, and it's what you do with that awareness that counts. So we design an awareness capturing and conversion process for any service-based business, whether you're selling bookkeeping services or uh, personal trainer services, or whether you're a dentist or a lawyer or 
um, or, or even even in many cases, retail as a service store, you know, if, uh, re a retail store as a service, which it is a service business. The service is giving you a cup of coffee. Um, we design a process for making sure that the awareness that you will capture using our effective marketing strategies is converted into sales and leads. And the first thing that is required is to build the foundation of your business, much like you build a foundation of a house. And this isn't, you know, very little in Book Yourself Solid is, is novel or original. But what we have done is put all of the existing best practices into a step-by-step -step structure for making sure that we don't leave anything to chance. So in the foundational element of implementing Book Yourself Solid as a system or um, building your the foundation of your business, the thing that's essential, which any business consultant worth their salt will tell you, is that you have a match between the service that you offer and the people that you offer it to. And so many people um, neglect this thing. And of course, it's much easier to match a specific service to a specific person or a specific group of people. If you're a personal trainer, um, you're probably not offering get skateboard fit services to new mothers, nor are you probably offering those or get skiing fit services to people who are recovering from back surgery. But if you can identify the person and tie that in with what you want and know that you're able to do for them, then all of a sudden our message becomes highly, highly relevant and makes people say, yeah, that's me. So we identify our target market. We identify the specific result that we give them. And we do it according to the resources that we have available. So if you are a venture capital backed organization uh, and you have millions of dollars for your marketing budget and you have somebody who knows how to spend those dollars, then you can afford to cast your net pretty wide. Um, you can afford to throw money and resources and people uh, at a large swathe of people. And you could probably afford to do that for a while before you need to turn a profit. So the resources available to you, if we were to take a fishing analogy, are a fleet of trawlers fully manned with nets that spread kilometers. Most people who read Book Yourself Solid aren't in that situation. Most people don't have a fleet of trawlers. They don't have nets that span kilometers. And even if they did, they can't throw them out and pull them in on their own. They would die before they caught a fish. What they do have, however, is a fishing rod. And so what they need to do is go themselves to the small, heavily populated fish pond, possibly time after time after time, to capture nice big fish on their own that they can easily reel in, feed their family with, until they have an excess of fish. At which point they can sell the excess fish and they can invest in a small fishing boat. And then they can make their target market bigger and bigger. So I've gone into, you know, that's just the very, very, very first part of Book Yourself Absolutely. Solid. And then we go on. Well, Why I, should the fish choose you? Exactly. I mean, that, I, I love it when people embrace my fishing thing. People either love it or they hate it. But I mean, what you've sort of described there is a very, uh, it's, it's a great analogy of why you do need that foundational piece and why you need to so deeply be able to understand the you know be able to take a, a walk in your 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 ideal client's shoes because that will help you do what i know some of the next phases of the system are and that is creating the message it's actually communicating well and then understanding how to sort of craft that sales cycle that'll draw people in or real people in as it were and it's so important and it's foundational and it's the bit that I don't know if you find, but I find it's the bit you literally have to drag people through sometimes kicking and streaming because it's the piece Absolutely. that they don't love doing. 
Yeah, people, everyone hates it. I mean, they, not everybody hates it. Everybody who does it says, I can't believe I resisted it for so long. And so I spend, yeah, book yourself so it goes on, right? When you've got that piece in place, all of the other pieces are easier. How can we design a personal brand that appeals to this group of people? How can we put together a sales cycle so that we have different investable opportunities that are relevant and priced according to need and trust for this specific group of people? How can we have um, keep in touch strategy so that people don't forget about us for this specific group of people? How can we have information products? How can we price our products for this group? How can we have super simple sales conversations? What about marketing? And we've got six different marketing strategies that we, that we recommend, but it all comes down to this particular group of people. And if there was a question there, Adam, I've forgotten it. So you have to forgive me. Um, but that, <laughs> it's, ah, yeah, people hate it, right? And, and they, they resist, but unless it's the pivot point, even every MBA course teaches this. If you don't have a product to market match, you don't have a business. And if you have neither a product nor a market and a genuine market, then you can't carry on. You just can't carry on. You've got nothing to sell. But people delude themselves and they say, I'm limiting myself. They say, I'm, I'm cutting off far too many opportunities by only, but I'm going to say I work with, I see this all the time. I help entrepreneurs. Okay. So do you mean me or do you mean Elon Musk or do you mean both of us? Now you might mean both of us. If you help entrepreneurs who are in their forties, get more flexible and make sure their knees don't give way. But if you help entrepreneurs live a thriving and successful life, I'm just going to choose the specialist instead of you. Now you might have earned the right to say that if you're Tony Robbins or Marshall Goldsmith or whoever you might be, but chances are that's not you. So that's why you have to get very specific. Also, people say, well, when I be cutting off, I can help people who own golf clubs as well as people who own, um, I don't know, swimming trunks. They're great, but you're not going to spend your marketing budget, which at the moment might just be your time and energy, on speaking to both groups of people, what you can do is you're going to show up and speak to one person repeatedly, maybe swimmers. And if a golfer says, hey, you're doing great work with swimmers, can I work with you? You say yes, but you have to target your marketing according to the resources that you have available to you. Of course, the other thing is you don't have to marry them. You just have to date them for six, nine months, see if you like each other. But if you're flitting, if you're always going speed dating and you're never committing to dinner, you're never going to find out whether you like each other. You're never going to go to the next level. And there's, a, there's a fear uh, of people, isn't there, that they have that. It's kind of like, well, if I'm going to commit to this, then I am literally married to it. But it's actually, well, at the beginning, you don't actually know. You, there's a hypothesis when it comes to actually choosing a target market. And, and I think this is what a lot of people find difficult. It's that you actually have to kind of, there's a bit of a science to it, but it's as much an art as well. It kind of goes on a feeling because at the end of the day, you're choosing this. This is your choice. And it's kind of like, who do you work with? Who do you like working with? Who brings you joy? Who lights you up? Who puts a smile on your face? What kind of people are that? And then you can sort of hypothesize, okay, these are the kind of people that I love to work with. So these are the, being to be the ones that I'm going to choose as my first target market. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. It means that I move on to something slightly different. But if you don't start with that, you will be going all over the place and, and chopping and changing constantly all the way through. And it's very, very difficult to become that big fish in a small pond, because otherwise you're literally a drop in the ocean. And that's, uh, that's, that's what I think is one of the key things that when you get it, as you say, it revolutionizes everything else that comes next. And 
a lot of people want to go straight to the tactics. They want to know, okay, I heard Matthew say they've got six marketing tactics that they recommend, but it's almost, there's almost no point in even looking at what those are until those pieces are done because you'll just waste a lot of time and money on doing them. Having said that, let's just sort of dig into what the ones, because you, you have six, but you have three that you recommend or that are, that are um, essential to do. And then the others, or the other three, is that right, that are um, nice to haves or nice to do's or when you can do them or that kind of thing. And they're probably not the ones that you think. So why don't you Correct. just talk, talk us through So we have that. three mandatory marketing strategies or uh, self-promotion strategies, because marketing and self-promotion are, are the same thing. Uh, the first one is, and the, the mandatory ones are all about relationships. Because no matter what currency or capital you have in stock, in your pockets, in your bank account, in your team, uh, in terms of skill sets, the most valuable relationship, uh, sorry, the most valuable currency you can have is your relationship capital. It's the, it's the people who can help you get the things that your pocket money doesn't allow you to get. It's the people who can introduce you to the editors of the newspapers. It's the people who can put in a good word for you with their existing clients. It's your referral partners. It's the journalists. It's the, um, it, it's the joint venture partners. If I, forgive me if I already said that. It's the person who can get you access to the club when the bouncer won't let you in. It's these people that allow you to be more than you and allow your business to be more than just you. Uh, so the first strategy is the networking strategy. And networking, according to Boot Yourself Solid Principles, has got absolutely nothing to do with going to cocktail parties and making small talk. It's about strengthening your existing relationships, strengthening the bonds that tie your network together. So that's the first one. Daily practice, we give specific prescriptions for things to do to make sure that the important people to your business and in your life are always going to want to be your best supporter. Why? Because you're their best supporter. The next thing is direct outreach, which means if you don't have those people in your relation in your network today, we're going to add people to your network that are of value to your network for whom you can be a person of value and who can also be valuable to you in the furtherance of your professional and personal goals. So making new friends, very simply. And again, specific strategies for doing this that do not involve walking into a crowded bar and plucking up the courage to talk to people. The third one, of course, is our referral strategy because we believe in the red velvet rope policy, which means we get to choose who we work with. One of the other principles of Book Yourself Solid is that it's a love story disguised as a business system, which might sound a bit woo-woo, but it's kind of a little bit uh, like what you said about making sure that you like the people that you work with. And that includes your team members, your your partners and your clients. And if you're a service provider who works one-to-one -one or face-to-face -face or corresponds at all with your clients or customers, it makes life a lot easier if they're your right people. So we put bouncers on the door to make sure that your right people come in. And when you have a referral strategy, like attracts like, but we should never leave it to chance. So we're looking to recruit your existing clients, but also your existing friends and network members to further your lead generation and client acquisition efforts because they're the cheapest, highest, not the easiest to get. And when I say cheap, I don't mean, I mean purely monetary <laughs> yeah. terms. Purely monetary terms. There could be an awful lot of sweat equity that goes into getting the right referrals. 
they're the highest quality, lowest financial cost um, leads and, and clients that you can acquire. And everyone that sells service, obviously we love getting referrals because A, it's, it's a sign of a good job, but it's, a, it's quite rea- reactionary. A lot of the time we just sort of wait and we're passive and all the rest of it. But I, I love the way that you guys sort of put it is, is that it's, it's, it's actually something that you work. You actually work the sources, and I've, we've had people on, um, you know, the previous version of the, uh, the the podcast that were talking about referrals and the importance of sources and all that kind of thing. And certainly, when you're selling services, when you are really high trust relationships, it's one of the, as you say, there's a lot of sweat equity that goes into it, but it is one of the fastest paths to generating um, at least eyeballs on on what you do. But in a way that actually it kind of it hijacks or piggybacks the trust. And if you can do that, obviously with particular sources, but if, you know, you mentioned things like joint venture partners and other partners, um, it's it's a real way of of kind of leveraging those relationships to be put in front of an audience in a high trust way. That let's be honest, a lot of the advertising and everything out there, all the marketing tactics, it's trying to get you to that point. So it kind of cuts out the need for a lot of it, and that's why I love that those are the three pieces of that system that actually require you know are required. And they don't involve any of the the stuff that we are bombarded with. If you just literally open up any one of your social media platforms, you have to do this as, you know, this, you know, put a pound in Facebook and you'll get a million back next week, that kind of thing. It just, it isn't the way that it works specifically for the type of businesses that the listeners are. And, and that's why I really do think that the approach and the system of Book Yourself Solid, it's the principle based, it's fantastic. So um, what I also love is that red velvet rope policy. And that's a term I think, that's, I think it shows the popularity of the book because if you if you just mention the red velvet rope policy to anyone that's been around for a while, they'll know where it came from. Yeah, agreed. And that's the power of language. You know, Michael Port, who wrote the book himself, would say the idea of having an ideal client profile based upon qualities rather than circumstances. So we delineate between an ideal client and a target market. An ideal client is not a customer avatar. If anything, your customer avatar is found inside of the target market. But the ideal client is the kind of person you'd be happy to sit down and have a drink with after. And that's got nothing to do with their circumstances, right? It's, it's all to do with their values. Um, if you and, want to sit down and have a scotch with them, for example, you know, it's kind of like that. Exactly right. And you would, you would, um, you'd be absolutely right to say that the the naming of that convention, the red velvet rope policy is one of the things that counts in book yourself solids favor because it's not called your ideal client or your customer avatar or identify your right person we believe you know i'm very very interested in the concept of brandable intellectual property because i deal with experts you know my market today is training the trainer coaching the coach and many of those coaches uh create their own intellectual property which is forgettable and the best, most highly paid experts, which is the industry I know best now, are not those with the greatest expertise. They're those who are the best at communicating their expertise and being able to package up what are sometimes very complex ideas in a simple, memorable manner. And Michael Port is one of the best people in the world when it comes to this. Um, and the Red Velvet Road policy is, is testament to that. 
because you need to be able to differentiate yourself and be memorable because you will have the expertise, you'll have the accreditations, the qualifications and all the rest of it. But to most people that are even thinking about the kind of service you offer, that's your price of entry. There's nothing different about you. They don't care that you've been through years and years of training to get some of those accreditations. Everybody looks like the same. They can all have the same letters and all the rest of it. So you have to make it memorable, not be that commoditized um, service provider and actually have it so that, I mean, you know, using the example, book yourself solid, that tells you what the result is. I mean, it's, it, you need to communicate it. You say, book yourself solid, and you say that to a service provider, they're kind of like, yeah, I'd like to have that. Like, talk to me, you know, talk to me. What, what do you do? I, I, can, I can just imagine that that is something that happens all the time, every single day. So yeah, there's, there's so much in that. And, you know, you've got the, the other three that um, are advised, uh, the other three marketing strategies. I'm not going to, because they're the advised ones, I just want to sort of cover them and, and, and sort of tick them off so people know what they are. But we're not going to dive into it because there's a couple speaking, of other things. Yeah. Speaking is one of them. Writing is one of them. And web is another one. Uh, and these are optional. And the thing that's most surprising for many people is that web is an optional strategy. Um, and, you know, in the first iteration of the book, there was a very specific, first, first edition of the book, there were some very specific guidelines about which web platform to use, to what purpose. And in future iterations, it was rapidly realized that we couldn't keep up with, you know, had you heard of Clubhouse before three weeks ago? You know, we couldn't keep up with the fast pace of um, social media technology, different web-based strategies available to. So what we did is we went and we simmered it down to its core essence. Now, we believe that you should have, a, we don't believe that you need a web strategy. We believe you need a web presence. We think you'd be crazy if you didn't have a web presence, but you do not need, unless you want one, a web-based client acquisition or lead acquisition strategy. Uh, instead, we say every time you put an asset up there online, be very, very thoughtful about how it sits in your client acquisition process. How are we going to create that awareness, convert that awareness into cash paying clients? That's the question. And an awful lot of people, when they pursue web strategies, think I'll dive in, create the audience, monetize later, and it might work sometimes. But normally, most times, doesn't work. I meet regularly people with hundreds of thousands of YouTube followers or tens of thousands of Instagram followers who have a fantastic personal brand and they're broke. Um, so there's, you know, there's that. Speaking and writing, it's about <clears throat> other people's platforms. That's what those two components are about. Web-based strategies is about other people's platforms as well as your own, but really it's just a place where you can go and do the awareness either on your own platform or on other people's platforms. Um, and the same goes for speaking and writing. You may want to speak because it's a very high quality way of um, generating leads. And of course, in the digital age, there's a, there's a bit of a hybrid between these three, right? Writing online, speaking online, um, they're all kind of hybrids. But the idea is you can speak on your own stage or you can speak on other people's stages. You can write on your own platform or in your own publication or you can write for somebody else's platform or publication. And in both cases, um, they're, they're very good to consider. What we do find actually nowadays, since the um, boom of self-publishing, where every service provider also has to be a publisher because they've got to have a content calendar and create content five times a week, which I think is nonsense, by the way. I think if everybody focused on providing their service and not creating their content, we'd all be a lot happier. Um, but... 
what we do say in that specific instance is if you are able to self-publish and by that i mean you've got a blog you've got a website you're blogging twice a week twice a month whatever that is actually are you just preaching to the choir wouldn't it be better to be writing twice a month for other people's audiences to send them back home to you so you can start selling get them on your list get their prospect, get them to fill in the application forms, get them to request a brochure, get them to call you on the phone, whatever that is. We believe sales begins when the prospect raises their hand and says, I have an interest. Marketing is not about preaching to the choir. Marketing is about bringing new congregation members in. So if you are writing twice a week for your own blog, great, but be honest with yourself. How does it serve your customer acquisition process? Mm -hmm. 100% because you can write the most amazing piece of uh, content in the world and you can put it on your blog. And if nobody's coming, you know, it's kind of like, you know, does, uh, you know, if a tree falls in the wood and uh, nobody sees it, does it actually fall? That's exactly right. And if you are creating content, good. And and people post, it took me 10 hours to put this Instagram video together. Great. But then you should spend a hundred hours telling people that don't know you that you've done it. Exactly. And, you know, there's there's other hybrids as well, I, I guess now, and, and maybe that's sort of coming into uh, maybe if there's going to be a further edition or something like that. This podcast is an example. This is how I create my content. Um, I invite people onto the show. We create the content together. This is a co-creation piece. Um, and also it is fantastic as well to get invitations onto other platforms and it works two ways. And it's also ticking off a lot of the boxes in terms of the networking, the relationships, the referability side of things. So that's why I love this. Um, And and it's kind of like in the book, I know there's the uh, always have something to invite people to. This is for me, it has been and will continue to be my number one thing to always invite people to, um, both from a networking side of things and, um, you know, relationship building side of things. It's fantastic. And yeah, as I say, the seeds were probably sown back five years ago when I first saw it and read the book and a lot of the guests that have gone in in the past, there's so much wisdom in that network that I've now built. It all drips in, it all drips in and you get unseen benefits. You know, Frank, who introduced us um, serendipitously through, uh, through this network, it's, you know, his example of basically having something whereby you can actually sort of show people a a path or a clear path and you have those three sort of core offers and all that kind of thing and then you it's all about scalability and repeatability and systems and all the kind of thing there's so many things that you can now use with modern technology that really fit into the principles of what book yourself solid talks about which is why Absolutely. i think it's a fantastic it's an accelerator it makes it makes everything quicker and easier i mean certainly forging relationships thank God for social media. You could be, you could be engaged in a Twitter conversation with your favorite author within 10 minutes of finishing their book. If you wanted to. hundred percent. One more thing I want to touch on before we dive into the, uh, to to the hot seat. And that is the actual model that you guys now operate on, because am I right in saying that you no longer provide the direct implementation training for people? You just do it through a licensing model and train the trainer. So that's exactly right. Yeah, we provide very, uh, Boot Yourself Solid HQ. I took over uh, the beginning of last year and I made some decisions about the business model. Um, and what I really wanted to focus on was training the trainer, licensing, 
experienced trainers training up new trainers and business coaches is probably the word that would be more appropriate than, than trainer in, in most cases to spread the word and to teach the word and that was also you know going back to going back to our own philosophy which is a very specific target market and we realized that we could have an exponential reach to the business owner if we didn't try to reach the business owner now we were very lucky because our target market uh, target market in book yourself solid terms is a group of people have existing networks of communication that have something in common you show up to them they know you show up to to see them they know that you're there to serve them and you know where to find them and we were very lucky because book yourself solid was an unusual success i don't think it was a surprising success but it was an unusual success in publishing terms and, and so our target market was readers of the book, which is fantastic. But I think we could go, and that was great, you know, to build a business of readers of the book. The book is the marketing piece, writing, that generates the leads and the awareness still today. Hundreds of people visit our website every week, opt in because they read the book in the library or they downloaded it on Amazon or something like that. We've been super lucky. But I realized that for exponential reach, we should be licensing uh, Book Yourself Solid Certified Business Coaches, training them up in this IP in this intellectual property in this system and allowing them to take it to the world. So we do provide limited support to the business owning um, community. If you're a, an undertaker or an underwriter or whatever you do, you can still come to bookyourselfsolid.com, do a masterclass, join a Facebook group, attend sporadic trainings. We did a quarterly business planning training yesterday. We charged a hundred bucks for, but we're really not at HQ interested in, um, in providing the service to the lawyer in as much as helping the legal business coach expert take Book Yourself Solid to the lawyer as well. Partly part of the problem is that Book Yourself Solid was a massive success. So in terms of readership, so we, we would host workshops and we did for a decade and a half. We'd host workshops where sitting next to each other were a partner, senior partner, a founding partner in a seven figure, eight figure law firm and somebody who just opened an Etsy store because they were readers of the book. And we found ways to be very useful, uh, to be evergreen, to talk in terms of principles and concepts and to allow people to, we met people where they were, which worked great. But what worked greater? Allowing the eight-figure lawyers to sit together with an expert in how to book your uh, multi-partner law firm solid and allowing the Etsy store owners to sit with a book yourself solid trained rock star on how to get book solid with your online craft store right so that that was the thinking that was the thinking how can we give higher value to these people and i and i can sort of see there that what the, what that's an example of to anyone listening and, and maybe they heard at the beginning you know i was talking about the target market and all the rest of it people being fearful of narrowing their focus and all the rest of it well you had that success and you appeal to a broad range of people and you had that sort of situation whereby you had a lot of different people sitting next to each other and, and learning the system and all the rest of it but you actually saw that as then an opportunity to go actually we can we can create multiple verticals here by actually not going out and having to market to everybody we train everyone else you know other people that want to focus on xyz specific ideal target market and we actually get to help more people in the process and make a, I guess, I'm assuming a, a business that is not more simple to run, but there's less moving parts to it because you haven't got to, you know, accommodate every other type of person and think, oh, crap, are we 
actually delivering the service that we want to, to offer. It's, it's certainly, you know, certainly we had options about uh, creating those verticals inside of our organization. We could have put somebody in charge of um, the construction industry, recruited them, employed them, trained them, or we looked at alternatives. Was a franchise model a, a decent alternative? Was a licensing model a good alternative? Was uh, was there something else? I spent a long time looking at all the all the different options and ended on uh, today a licensing model. So what I do day to day basis is identify and recruit business coaches or future business coaches who would benefit from learning and reteaching the book yourself solid system uh, and who we can benefit from mm. having in the community. And the benefit to them is is obviously quite clear it's they get to leverage a very well-known brand a system that people know and there's been a a few uh, guests that have been on the past that have done something similar in other fields like um annette ferguson came on she's an accountant she um certified in the profit first like uh, mike mccall can never say his name mccallowitz his his model and only person in the uk that does that just that investment changed her business and i can imagine that you have exact case studies that have done the same if you are, if you're an experienced business coach or trainer, and you have a prospect database, and you know that you can put five people in a room and deliver them a workshop, and you decide that you want to deliver Book Yourself Solid as one of the arrows in your quiver, or one of the strings to your boat, one of the workshops this year, you'll flip a profit in a day, according to right. And if you're not in that, or or you know, and every probably we've had people flip a profit with their from investing in the IP. To signing up one client, we've seen a four hundred percent return, right? Um, on that's an a no-brainer. Basis. That's a no-brainer. That's one offer. client. If you know that you charge your client, I don't know, two thousand dollars a month, uh, then you're going to be paying roughly thirty percent of that uh, in annual license fees to become a Book Yourself Solid certified coach. And in addition, you will be in the Book Yourself Solid Advisory Board, which is our own mastermind, which supports the coaches we have to be a certified coach if you're brand new and you're pivoting and you say i want to be a business coach and i want to move more quickly than if i did it on my own well how about you take our packaged proven ip let us teach you how to do it and support you four days a week uh on our live calls and helping you sell it we've seen people come from not having any experience in coaching or any clients to signing up clients within six or seven days of uh of of going. This was my story, Adam. I was an experienced business owner. I decided I was going to become a sales trainer because I hated everything about running a business apart from training and selling. So I said, I'll combine the two and become a sales trainer and I will sell my own sales training services. And at an opportune moment, Michael Port's invitation to become a certified Book Yourself Solid coach came through. Made sense to me because it was proven. (laughs) It got trained up, went to market, spoke to my very first, the very, I don't think it was the first prospect, but it was the first prospect who became a client. And I, and it was very, very, very soon after, after knowing what I was doing with, with Michael's help. And I said, I can help you get more clients. And they said, oh, great. How many clients do you have? And I said, well, I haven't got any. You would be my first, but what this is specifically what we're going to do. I've got this system, put yourself solid. And the guy said, oh yeah, I think I read that 10 years ago. I was like, okay, what, what about, how about we put it into, into practice? Goes, okay, you don't have to do I'll, any education I'll, whatsoever. People don't pay. Well, I mean, not everyone knows, but yourself. So and my other job is to raise the vibrations, vibrational awareness of, of the brand. So that's very much still a job. You know, we don't want book yourself solid coaches saying, Hey, you should hire me. 
we want people saying, I need to hire a Book Yourself Solid coach. And that already happens, but it doesn't happen as much as I would like. Partly because Book Yourself Solid coaches weren't always available, you know? Um, so we, uh, well, there was there was one, one further point that I wanted to make about that, but it's completely gone out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you know, there's been enough value that you've dropped with all of that. So, um, you know, anyone I think listening, it's it's kind of like if you're the type of person that could benefit from that kind of model, then it's it's definitely worth checking out what you guys do. But if on the flip side, you're not that sort of business coach, but you offer a different type of service, it's worth considering this line of growing your business or developing your business because you you've got so much IP packed up in your business. Can you package that? Can you create um, a, a, a process that you can train other versions of your profession to deliver something? If you're very, very good at it, can you train them and license it in the same way? There's many more paths to growth than just filling your pipeline and selling more. And this is another one of them. So um, I, I think it's a great example. And maybe it's not one that people necessarily consider as a route to, to, to sort of growth beyond what they already know. So that's that's one of the things I really wanted to bring out in this conversation. Um, one of the next things, and, and, and it is, I'm looking forward to what we come up with on this and is the virtual hot seat that we've had somebody send in some, uh, basically a challenge, a dilemma that they're going through. Hey, it's Adam. Now, just a quick one before we dive into today's virtual hot seat, because as the core philosophy behind the show is a rising tide lifts all ships, I'd love to invite you to come and hang out with me, my guests and other business owners and directors of established businesses with a track record of providing good, solid service and a positive reputation in their market inside the B2B growth think tank community, where we all connect, solve problems and help each other grow more profitable businesses. It's free to join. So come along, join us at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank group. I look forward to welcoming you. But first, let's get to today's virtual hot seat. What we will do is we will sort of mastermind, brainstorm some potential solutions. We won't know the whole context, some of it. So we may have to make some assumptions, but the aim is that we can actually help this person out and maybe somebody else out there that is going through something similar. It's a real world business challenge that's happening right now. So today's challenge is one of my goals this year is to add a new revenue stream to my business. What is the best way to structure a new service offer and how can I work out the best way to price it? Should I go high ticket? Like I see so many out there suggesting I don't necessarily feel comfortable with this since so many are struggling or just scraping by right now and I don't want to appear unsympathetic. Cash, this person is a funeral director. <laughs> so my dad is a priest in the Church of England. Uh, not anymore. My dad was a priest in the Church of England. And uh, he, when he retired, uh, which is now, he became a freelance funeral celebrant. Because mm. um, most people don't have... Uh, a priest when they, you know, most people don't go to church uh, and so they don't have a local parish priest. And so when when a relative passes away, the funeral director will always ask, who is your priest? They'll say, we don't have one. So there's a pool of freelancers available. And uh, dad, you know, never went to marketing school, went to theological college. And every time we went on holiday for, you know, 10, 15 years, he would always send a postcard to the funeral directors. And that 
is book yourself solid networking and referral strategies all wrapped up in one that is keeping your existing valuable relationships very close so that's the brief funeral uh director story aside <laughs> what do you think about this uh, what do you think about this story adam what's your, what's your what's your take on this want to add a new revenue stream to my business what do i do so this to me is saying that this is this is a person who has probably got and we've got to make some assumptions but this is they've probably got more of a traditional offline uh, offline service business and it's been hit by the situation so maybe they've done some research into creating programs or online stuff and all the rest of it and maybe they've watched a few people talking about high ticket programs and they're just looking at ways to maybe be able to deliver a service in maybe a bit more of a leveraged way or maybe they are looking at a way to diversify the revenue because their core revenue stream has been hit by by the situation of the pandemic. Maybe there's a bit of a psychology piece here that's going through it in that the, the question of I don't want to appear unsympathetic and raise prices also tells me that there is probably a client or an existing client base that has been hit. So maybe it's more of a question of going back to the foundations before you even consider what the service is, how you price it, go back to your foundation and ask that question, who is this for? Is it for my existing client base? Is it for, um, you know, what, what result do they want? What is the problem they have and how am I going to solve it before you even consider the pricing options behind, you know, or the structure of a new service, anything like that. And often it will come down to that. Yep. That's that's where I would start. Would you have anything to add around that in terms of? A you know, it's such of- it's such a broad question, Adam, and and not you know it's not there's little context, there's no context. We don't know whether this person runs a travel agency or or whether they are a, a personal trainer or whether they do accountancy or whether they run a, an affiliate marketing program. We 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 just absolutely no context, but it does allow us to talk in broader brushstrokes about what, when, and how should you add additional revenue streams to your business. And as you said, Adam, 100% correctly, it always, always, always begins with the person to whom you're selling. Who is your target market? And then what can we, what do they want? What do they need? And how can we provide them with what they want and they need? And how can we charge accordingly in such a way that it represents great value for them? Because any sales transaction represents a valuable uh, transfer of property in both directions. The salesperson values your cash more than they value the resources required to deliver the service. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't be charging what they do. Uh, And the person who is happily handing over the money to receive the service values the service more than they value the cash. So we should, you know, any transaction that takes place that is not forced, that is not based upon monopoly uh, or unforeseen circumstances like insurance payments or or emergency bills or something like that is always based upon both people being happy. Well, the transaction just wouldn't take place. So there's two concepts I want to discuss. The first one is the $1,000 burger. The $1,000 burger is, um, well, well, let me ask you a question, uh, which I will always also answer because it's a rhetorical question. What kind of restaurant sells a $1,000 burger? The answer is the restaurant that sells a $1,000 burger is the restaurant that has a $1,000 burger on the menu. If you don't have a $1,000 burger on the menu, nobody's ever going to knock on the door and say, hey, I, I like, uh, like the look of your $200 lobster. Could I please have a $1,000 burger? But if you put it in the menu, there is a chance that you will sell it. Now, you don't necessarily want to sell it, right? Because if you're always selling $1,000 burgers, 
you haven't tested the top of the market. You don't know what your market want to spend their money on. If they're regularly buying $1,000 burgers, maybe you need a $2,000 hot dog, right? So if you've got something that tests the very top of the market, that's my approach to high ticket items. You know, don't bring your assumptions to the table. What's high ticket for you might not be high ticket for somebody else. You know, have you ever paid $120 for a shave? I have. You know, um, because there's a place that sold $120 shave. It can take me I'm, about but, three weeks to grow it back after that. So <laughs> it would be I'm money the, well I'm spent. Person, <laughs> right? I'm the kind of person who likes to sit in the front of an airplane, right? For one person, that's utter madness. And for another person, it's um, kind of fundamentally, yeah, of course, I'm going to sit in the front of the airplane. So don't bring your assumptions or presumptions if you don't have experience right i see lots of people say i don't know if i can do high ticket well they've never actually sold high ticket for them high ticket is uh you know a five thousand dollar consultation whereas for for the next person in the line high ticket is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar consultation so don't you know don't, don't bring your concept if you truly 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 know the market you will price accordingly if you don't truly know the market you won't do you That's think, um, sort of uh, building on that, do you think that there's a, and, and maybe this is where this question has come from, there's a bit of a prevalence and maybe that's why I say that I think that this person's probably been searching around for a few ideas and all the rest of it. They probably, you know, downloaded a few uh, freebies and gone on a couple of webinars and all the rest of it. And, and they're a bit, like some people are telling you, you have to go down this high ticket route. You Or maybe they're thinking, well, you have to go down the, right, you, if you're going to build an online sales funnel and then create a product at the end of it and all the rest of it, you have to start low ticket and tripwire and all that kind of thing, which is, you know, <laughs> baffling that you would consider that without actually testing a, a, an offer anyway. But a lot of people are hung up on that high ticket and the cost and the price but they're not actually then going back and asking themselves, what is the value in solving the problem that you're offering to solve for somebody out there? Because yeah, they don't have confidence in it. And, and that, I mean, your, your assumption is my assumption as well, that this person is operating in the online marketing space where the concept of high ticket has been sold as a, a, a quite rightly, within the very small, very incestuous, uh, slightly distasteful online marketing space as being a, a godsend and a be yeah. all and end all. It's but, like a panacea that just will no, answer all your prayers. When has high ticket been there? I tell you when, high ticket is a, is a uh, high ticket. Let me rephrase that. If you're going shopping, no, if you're going fishing, let's come back to our fishing analogy from the very beginning. If you've got the resources available to you, then cheap and cheerful is a fantastic business model. It always has been. We are the cheapest service provider. Nobody beats us on prices. That is a brilliant way to grow a business. Um, as long as you can maintain the margins and as long as you have the resources available. What resources do you need? Inventory, insurance, relationships with suppliers, uh, ability to get people through the door of your supermarket, right? This person, probably not in that situation based upon the language that they use. Probably one person, intellectual property, good idea. What, what is my good idea? What do I do with it? Right. So in that instance, forgetting the term high ticket, looking to support dozens or hundreds of budget buyers is a bad idea. Because you, and this is why I always cringe when I see people who are new to the consulting, coaching, or training space say, I'm going to start a $47,000, uh, sorry, $47 a month mastermind program or a $27 a month mastermind program because my friend or my teacher or I did a course by somebody who's got 400,000 people on their mailing list and 40,000 people in their $47 a month program. I'm like, yeah, 
And they've only been working for two decades to, to build up to that point. What resources do you have available to you? Are is supporting 100, can you even find 100 people who will give you their email address, let alone $47? I'm not suggesting you don't. I'm just saying, if you're just getting started, also, I don't think this person is just getting started because of the language they use, because they said an additional revenue stream. But if you are just getting started, you are looking for the fastest route to the money, because the money is the resource that will support everything. You're, you're looking to sign up 20 clients by any means necessary to fund your uh, market research, to fund your growth, and to put that all-important big fish on the family table. So you should be looking for big fish when you're just getting started. No question. Does that mean more, forgetting the high ticket questions, that are you looking for budget buyers? Are you looking for non-budget buyers? I say you're looking for non-budget buyers, high margins, um, perpetually people will stick around for a while. And one of the no. things that, before I sort of like let you sort of continue, one of the, I'll be honest, one of the, um, one of the reasons I selected this specifically for you was because I actually saw something in this that it's, it's something that not, again, not a lot of people are going to consider as an option, but this person is asking about additional revenue stream, which makes me think that they're trying to come up with an idea or, or something brand new. Well, why not consider the kind of model? And I'm not sort of saying you go and talk to Matthew necessarily because I don't know your industry, but there is an option there. If you're looking for an additional revenue stream, why don't you look for that proven model out there that's already existing and you license the IP to do that? If appropriate, that's very good. Often, when I hear additional revenue stream, though, Adam, it's because people have given up. I've got a course and 100 people have taken it. Now I need an additional revenue stream. Well, if 100 people have taken it, I'm guessing there's another 1,000 people that would take it if you took it to them. Why are we stopping now? Why are we giving up? There's two ways, basically, to grow a business, only two. One is you take your existing product or service to a new group of people, whether directly by opening a new outlet or opening up a new target market or indirectly through licensing, franchising, stuff like that. The other option is to add additional services and products to your existing target market. Starbucks started with coffee, uh, dry coffee, ended up adding water, and then you could have liquid coffee, ended up adding bananas, newspapers, smoothies, all that crap, but they had an existing market. So whatever you're, whatever you're thinking about taking out, it comes back to what Adam said at the very beginning. Whatever you're thinking of adding on, mm. it comes back to what Adam said at the very beginning. Look at the people who you serve and ask, do they need a newspaper with their coffee? Do they want fries with that? And if you're ready to, um, if, you, if you've got your existing revenue source and it's still extant despite COVID and it's still going along, Go and find another 50, 100, 300,000 people who are interested in that product. Or conversely, go back and talk to those people and find out what other problems that they're dealing with and see if you can solve them. Come up with that product, that service that could actually solve the next phase. Or another way is, is, is if you can't and it's not your, your, your wheelhouse, partner with someone that can. And come absolutely. To some other people's other uh, the power in 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 relationships is absolutely everything for me. You know, one of our members of the Book Yourself Style Advisory Board, one of our certified coaches, Amy Landino. Amy Landino has close to five hundred thousand um, uh, YouTube subscribers today, and we were having a conversation on advisory board, and somebody said, "Well, I'd like that. How'd you get that?" And she said, "Well, you know, it was only showing up four times a week for ten years to get my first one hundred thousand people, um, and 
you know, I, I no disrespect or, or assumption to the person who submitted this question, but are you showing up enough for your existing source of revenue? Hundred percent. Because yeah, there's there's that's often with you know if you can then go and find someone like that if you had some. I don't know, form of a offer to make to someone like that with 500,000 followers. This is a bad example, maybe. But if you could then go and say, well, I don't need an additional revenue stream. Maybe I can just use my offer and offer it to somebody else's audience. There you go. There's your stream. Or that's that's bringing in new clients in a different way. Like so many different ways. Find, another, find another group of people who will buy yeah. your existing thing. Yeah. Get invited to fish in, in, a, in a pond of, or private pond full of, Hungry fish when there's no other fisherman fishing whatsoever. So on that fishing uh, analogy, Matthew, thank you. That was um Thank you for having fun. me. The pleasure was entirely mine, Adam. I'll come back anytime you like. That'd be absolutely wonderful. And um, yeah, thank you ever so much. So bookyourselfsolid.com is the main website, but you've got your own site as well. And uh, uh, what's the, what is the best place to, to connect with you if either personally? If you, or... I mean, if you want an overview of everything that we do, go to matthewkimberley.com because yeah. then you'll find links to all of my projects. Uh, if you're a coach, go to marketingforcoaches.com. Awesome. And uh, I know you've got a Book Yourself Solid Facebook group, for example. If you're into that, you can go and search for that on Facebook. I'll put all the links and blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, anywhere that, um, yeah, if you want to connect with Matthew, definitely do it because, um, yeah, he's uh, he, he enjoys a good scotch and a good conversation. I've experienced at least one of those with him today. And maybe when all this is over, I'll get to experience a second. So, Matthew, thank you ever so much. It's been a pleasure. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.